Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. To the American Godcast. Bow down before the American Godcast. Gods do podcasts. <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. Did, sorry, did you, Pete? Did you just say gods do podcasts? That's right. I thought that was so funny. I love it. Yeah. It- <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, cool. This is a uh, podcast, as you probably gathered, for Stars' new show, American Gods, which is an adaptation of the novel by Neil Gaiman. We talked a little bit last episode about how we're big fans of Neil Gaiman. Some of us have read the book and love the book. Some of us have just read a bunch of his stuff. Some of us have heart eyes whenever we meet him. Uh, but we're excited because <laughs> the first episode is finally here. It was finally on. If you didn't watch, you know come back to this podcast later because obviously spoilers uh but we will try to i think i mean correct me if i'm wrong guys but try to skirt spoilers for the book for the most part we might touch on some stuff so we'll see what happens um but overall oh we should also mention we're doing this over skype haven't seen each other if you hear any weird audio stuff or cars or screams in the background don't worry about it no big deal nobody is getting sucked into anybody's vagina just ignore it it's fine oh Um, boy it's just not happening, so it's not something you need to worry about. Uh, what did you guys think of the first episode without getting too much into the plot? How'd you feel about it? Pete, uh, you sounded kind of mixed. Yeah, it was one of those things where I was a little disappointed because it was kind of straight from the comic book that they just released. Uh, so I was I was hoping it would be a little different. Uh, but that being said, I really was happy with the casting. I thought the the all the people they got for the different parts were really great. Um, but it's hard to know who to root for a little bit because the main character is just kind of like pushed into this situation where he has to say yes to this evil dude. And it's kind of like, you wish he wouldn't, but then, you know, all the story wouldn't move forward. So it's a little weird. 
but I don't know. I thought like the effects and everything were really well done. Uh, but as far as the first app, I wasn't after that. Like, oh yeah, I can't wait for the rest of the series. I was kind of like, all right. Yeah, uh, just a little mention about the comic book. So that's coming out through Dark Horse Comics right now. And it's different from the show. It's an adaptation of the book versus an adaptation of the show. But given that they have the same source material, it makes sense. I mean, Neil Gaiman is very descriptive in terms of his scenes. So if anything, the the TV show is right out of the book and the comic book is right out of the book as well, I think. Yeah, I mean, this is the first episode, which is often like super faithful to the source material. So I feel like uh, after this episode, it might start to have a little more variety. Cool. Um, but I like this episode. I thought it was really great. Um, the show looks great. Uh, it has an interesting tone that it's almost like um, uh, the Ash versus Evil Dead series also on Star. Oh, really? Where it's like sort of like it's so excessive that it's almost funny. Mm-hmm. Like all the violence and the blood and stuff. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like making fun of the idea that this is taken seriously. Like yeah. in this in this pilot episode, there's a there's a whole big sequence at the beginning about the the first uh, Viking men that arrive on the shores of America, and uh, they're fighting at one point, and they're like you see like little arms and little like it's so bloody and it's mm-hmm. goofy. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's yeah, a very that that arm flying through the air and then stabbing that dude. That was crazy. (laughs) I agree with you. I mean, that stuff is funny and over the top. That's a very Brian Fuller, who's the showrunner type thing to do. There's an episode of Hannibal that he did where, uh, I don't know if you guys watched it, but the guy who's investigating Hannibal, Will Graham has this dream where he's tied Hannibal to a tree. The rope is attached to a stag that is pulling the rope and eventually the rope pulls so tightly that it kills Hannibal. But the way that you see Hannibal die is a shot from the back of the tree and basically a geyser of blood explodes all over the tree. And yeah. that opening sequence reminded me of that just a lot. I mean, overall, overall, I think like I agree with you guys. I felt I was surprised how mixed I felt about this pilot, about this first episode, um, mm-hmm. that it was so gorgeous and the cast is ridiculous and great and it's well written and I was into it. Uh, but it was very slavish to the book to the point where it didn't feel like the first episode of a show. It felt like something that is going to be better. It felt like it was made for the trade, you know, to use a comic book thing. That, oh like, man. That, it, that yeah. it was, if I was binging it, if I was watching it yeah. on Netflix, uh, that to me would make a lot more sense because, we didn't really get, you know, there wasn't really a shape of the episode. It was more like this is the first hour of the story. That, that was my impression. And to me, just from a t- TV perspective, that was a little bit of a bummer. But obviously, as a fan of the book and everything, it was cool to see everything happening in live action. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It's it's sort of, I agree with you in that it's like Stranger Things was, where mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, this is just a really long movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. When other series like Riverdale uh, or like um, Game of Thrones, even which is based on a very uh, on the book, very pretty directly, but it, they are really writing it for the episode mm-hmm. and leave us with cliffhangers. And this show is just like, nope, keep watching. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it feels weird to compare a show to other shows, but yeah, I think that no, no, that is a thing. One- to- 
Yeah, I mean, it's its own material. Like, I don't know why we're comparing it to Game of Thrones or Stranger Things. I mean, those things are popular things, but that doesn't mean if you have a show, you have to make it like those things. You know? What's something else we could compare it to that isn't a TV show, Pete? Uh, I don't know, maybe a comic or a graphic novel or, I don't know. <laughs> sure. Well, we did that as well. Were you okay with that yeah. part? <laughs> yes, I was okay with that because right. that made sense. All right, yeah, that's a good point. We should really set you some ground rules. You shouldn't be watching a TV show and go, oh, this is nothing like Game of Thrones. I should, I don't like this at all. Uh, you guys I don't can't see like me. Stones to be like Game of Thrones. You, you guys can't see me because uh, we're doing this over Skype, but I, I just flipped my table in the air. <laughs> of course you should I mean, be that, able that to compare like things to other career down the down the drain <laughs> yeah pretty much uh yes Pete, I, we shouldn't spend too much time arguing about this but of course you can compare things to other things they're not always going to be directly analogous but it's a reference point right that uh, i just talked about hannibal for a while that's a reference point because brian fuller created both of these shows and is using similar tropes for some of his scenes. Well, it seems like you're attacking Brian Filler. Like, (laughs) yes, he works on other television shows, but he should come to this job with a completely different mindset that he attacks another job. No, you bring your experience for one thing to another thing. Do you think... You shouldn't shouldn't try to make things all the same. They should try to be different. Here's all I'm saying is this is a really bad argument to be making uh, when we've now done four different podcasts that are just three guys talking about TV shows. All right, fine. Pigeonhole us. Make us assholes. (laughs) We pigeonhole ourselves every day. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, this is, this, let's get a, let's get away from this. I feel like I'm upsetting you, Peter. You're going to be okay. Can we get past this? I hope so. All right. Well, do we need? I'd to like be- to compare this to all the other dumb arguments that we've been. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here, I'll tell you what. We will uh, poke out our eyes and uh, burn our booth man from a regular live show alive, and then I think we'll be able to get away I mean, from this. That, place. that had to drive you guys crazy, right? Like that whole scene where I know. Let's just poke out all of our eyes. I really liked that sequence. I thought that was great. Yeah. Well, that's so that sequence, and there were a couple of sequences throughout that really pointed to me what got me excited about the TV show that the idea of how we interact with gods in the past and then again in the modern era that I think is really fascinating and interesting. And I almost wish that this first episode had hooked into that idea in a more blatant way, you know, in a more yeah, textual way. It was a very interesting thing to explore that got just kind of ran right past. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I disagree. I think, um, I think they lay it out there that uh, we, we sort of create gods for us to worship. And then those gods give us favor as we worship them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that opening sequence felt like the God did that these these guys were like doing all these horrible things to themselves and each other to show like, Hey, we need some wind. We worship you. And the God was like, Oh, I don't know what this is all about. And then finally, like, uh, the, the God human relationship was established. Uh, so that, that, that I think laid it out. And then it, it played it out without telling us, but Mm -hmm. showing us like we see, um, Mr. Wednesday, like, definitely influencing shadow like right. wanting shadow to like to favor him and him trying to give shadow things that he needs right and you have the same thing with the otherwise out of nowhere bilquist scene later on in the episode where she needs to be worshiped in order to survive she needs yeah. humans 
and in a, and in a certain way, humans deem them as well. So sure, I guess you're right. I there's a part of me that wishes it was a little more blatant or a little more shaped for the episode, but I get yeah. what you're saying. But and I also think they're doing I another do, su- Justin, they're doing another I, subtle I, thing. I think they're that doing- you're right, but you're. I think that you're wrong in the fact of like if you do want to show us, I think you need to do it in a way that it does a better job of it because I just felt like it was just a small piece where it was such an interesting topic. I wanted show me a little a little bit more. I felt like. Well, I think they will. Um, I was going to say the other small thing they're doing is I think they're treating. They're letting us watch these characters like gods. Mm-hmm. Like the show is sort of cruel to its characters. Yeah. Like in the way they showed a lot of shadows, painful scenes, like the music was sort of like funny. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we're meant to take pleasure in the suffering of these characters like gods. Hmm. Wow. I like that idea. That's good. All right. Yeah. I'll watch the episode yeah. again with that in mind. Good job. Yeah, Justin. I know. I kind of want to go back and watch <laughs> it. With the, I wish I had that information to begin with. Uh, but if that's what gods do, gods are fucked up. The I gods think, are fucked up. I mean, they are. Like, that's the idea of the show, if anything, is that the gods are fucked up and it fucks us up and it fucks up everybody's lives and everybody's fucking up each other's lives. Um, well, let's talk about one fucked up individual, which is Shadow Moon. So we meet him early, right after that Viking scene, basically, in the episode. Uh, he's in prison. He's a couple of days from being released. He's having some weird dreams, hanging out with his friend on the prison yard, uh, who uh, Parenthood fans will know as Senator Bob Little. Uh, and then... <laughs> what the fuck, man? Jesus Christ. Who do you, I, think, who do you think this podcast is for, Alex? <laughs> yeah. Like, I what think the mainly, fuck, mainly Parenthood fans, and that's it? Oh, man. I guess dude. so. This is a great Jesus companion Christ. podcast to the Parenthood. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, then he finds out some bad news, which is that his wife dies days before he's set to be released and he gets released before that. Um, Justin, and it's not just his wife dies. His wife dies in a really fucked up way. She does die in a fucked up way. We'll get to that in a moment, but, uh, I'm just curious about, uh, Justin for you as somebody who's read the book and a fan of the book, how do you feel about Ricky Whittle as shadow moon now that you've seen him in action? I think he's great. Um, we talked in uh, our the first episode of this about how in the book the shadow character is sort of blank, uh, like mm-hmm. super stoic. You don't really get a lot out of him. And I feel like um, in this, uh, our shadow for the show is uh, he's great. He has a little more character underneath uh, yeah. that we we haven't really we don't get to see him a lot um, acting in different ways. He's often just sort of at the mercy of the characters and circumstances that uh, are around him. Mm-hmm. But I, I like him better than the shadow from the books. Hmm. Interesting. Cool. Pete, how do you feel about him? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the actor does a great job of like giving us stuff, but also not giving us the full picture in a way that makes us kind of want more and, and, and follow him as our kind of like perspective for this show. Uh, but yeah, I think he does a great job of like trying to be stoic in a way that doesn't make us frustrated, that makes us kind of like believe in what's happening. Mm. Yeah, I, I liked him quite a bit. I, there's a line that Mr. Wednesday has later on, and correct me if I'm misquoting it, but he says that he's a guy who look, is a smart guy who is good at looking dumb. 
And I think yeah. Ricky Riddle does that really well. He, I know him mainly from the hundred where he didn't get a ton to do. So it's nice to see him do more stuff here. And I think, I think he's a really good center for the show. You know, he is a guy who all of these things are happening to, and he's trying to engage, but also trying to disengage. And I think he's, he's channeling that very well. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to talk about that I'm going to skirt spoilers a little bit. So if you don't want to listen, I guess turn away, but I won't outright say this, but there's a, there's a thing there's a character that we're introduced to in those first couple of prison scenes that I was very happy they didn't say that character's name out loud. And I don't know, Justin, if you know what I'm talking about, but uh, the way that the character's name is written in the book, you don't exactly know what it means until later. So if you don't want to know what I'm talking about, don't look up the IMDb page or anything like that. Uh, but I, I was really wondering going into the show how they were going to handle this because it's one of those things that works in a book but doesn't work in a TV show uh, yeah. if you did say the name out loud. So I was happy they skirted past that. I know I'm being very vague here, but yes. I thought that was, I thought it was a nice choice. Like they did make some adapted for TV choices throughout the episode, even though it was otherwise very slavish to the book. And I thought that was good. Well, uh, to your point about it feeling like more like a movie or like a trade, like writing for the trade, like, I feel like they are being a little bit coy with a lot of the details, mm-hmm. um, which is good. I think it works. Yeah. So Shadow gets out. He is trying to get home, runs into a bunch of problems, and that's where he meets Mr. Wednesday, played by Ian McShane, who I thought was exactly as awesome as you would have hoped he would be. He, I yeah. thought it was perfect. What did you guys yeah. think? Great. Yeah. Absolutely amazing casting. I mean, to be able to pull off the kind of crazy homeless man and then the well-to-do afterwards is uh, really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I love the way they'd handled all that. Um, even the, the subtle thing where he says his name is is Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, to me, like, even as if, if I hadn't read the book, like, watching this show, I'm like, why is Shadow going along with this, like, yeah. clearly – this guy yeah. is fucking with him. Yeah. Yeah. But so you you felt that during the show as well? You were wondering why Shadow goes with him? Yeah. Uh, it seems a little too... Yeah, I, I think any normal person would feel that way. They're like, why would you... The guy who knows everything that's happening with your life. Yeah, why would you immediately... Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe one of the things, or this is one of the things that I, I felt from watching this episode at least, is... Shadow is influenceable. He's somebody who feels unmoored. He's lost his wife. He doesn't know what's happening with his life. He clearly, as based on the chili conversation at the bar later on, doesn't have any money uh, and mm-hmm. doesn't know what he's doing going forward. And yeah. so he also is having these weird dreams and clearly has a sense of the mystical in terms of he can kind of sense storms coming. So. Yeah there's stuff going on with him that he clearly doesn't understand. And I think he's just looking for something to do some sort of purpose, some sort of place in life, because as he touches on in the plane conversation, he used to be a grifter. He's given that up. So he needs something to fill that hole. And that's what Mr. Wednesday is providing. Yeah. You don't just go with the, the crazy person's offer. If you if every, all the red flags are there. I mean, the guy knows way too much about you. To not think that he helped orchestrate some of that shit. And it's, I don't know, it's just such clearly a wrong choice. 
I think he should move to New York and take uh, improv classes. Yeah. <laughs> Great way to find yourself. Yeah, he's got a yes and, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but Wednesday is great. Uh, this was another area where it was nice to have read the book because there's hints about what's going on that you can pick up on a lot easier when you're watching the show versus reading the book for the first time. Again, I'm skirting spoilers. Uh, Pete, what do you think's going on with Mr. Wednesday since you've read less than this, read less of this than Justin and I have? Uh, I think that he's the kind of evil puppet master who's uh, playing everybody um, and for you know his own you know advancement, and that part is clear. And he's also clearly not a good person. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just one of those things where you, I kind of felt like a little bit of a horror movie where I'm yelling at the people on the screen, where I'm like, "Don't agree! Don't agree to this." Pete, I feel like you're the kind of guy that yells at the screen during like an episode of Big Bang Theory. <laughs> uh, well, I don't watch that show, but if I did, I probably would scream at the television. I scream at the television a lot. I mean, I'm yeah, not going to lie. I know. I've watched a single minute of TV with you. <laughs> yeah. Does the- Pete, you know, do you have a guess? Uh, is What is Mr. Wednesday? Is he a man? Is he a god? Is He's he- a, definitely a god. Do you know which one? No. Oh, I don't. We're being so mean to you right now. All right. Don't look it up, Pete, because I'm curious to see when you figure it out. Uh, but um, Stop being mean to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pete. I feel really bad about this. I feel like we're tempting no, you. you. Don't. Um, but it is, uh, it is a fun ride, and you'll, you'll definitely fi- It's If you know stuff about myths, it's pretty easy to figure out what's going on with him, but it's nice to eventually see that reveal as well. Oh, is it so easy? Is it yeah. so easy that I'm so dumb for not <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I'm fucking oh, assholes. Oh, God, Pete, I'm so sorry. See, we're just not fucking with you like a bunch of gods. Worship <laughs> us, Pete. <laughs> <Yeah>. Worship <laughs> up. You worshiped. You have to choose. Oh, my God. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. Uh, yeah. In the opening sequence, the, uh, the Viking guys are trapped in America. Mm-hmm. If we were trapped in America, what <laughs> would we, we are. do? What would we, we do? Got? We'd probably record a bunch of podcasts. Yeah, and then take an improv class. <laughs> cool. It's pretty cool. Great. What a long, slow death that will be. So yeah. Yeah. Shadow uh, rejects it Mr. Is. Wednesday after the flight, uh, and then he ends up at this bar that looks like an alligator, and there he ends oh, up. That's so, so cool. cool, by the way. I want to go to that bar. That was, awesome. that was a great yeah. bar. That was the coolest bar. Yeah. It, <laughs> it definitely was pretty neat. Uh, and yeah. there he meets... Uh, Mr. Wednesday again, who basically signs a contract with him with three shots of mead. And then he also meets, I don't know if they actually say his name. Do they say his, that he's Mad Sweeney in the episode? I don't think so. Okay. Nope. But he's Mad Sweeney. He claims to be a leprechaun. A leprechaun. And yeah. starts pulling gold coins out of the air. Uh, what do you think about this character, meeting this character? Pete, oh, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like the... Uh, they took like the Notre Dame uh, kind of like fighting leprechaun and grew him up and kind of made him a hipster badass. Uh, I like the <laughs> character. I thought it was a fun fight and I all the gold coins like coming out of nowhere and him catching them uh, was really fun. I thought it was it really felt with this uh, theme of like this guy doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't know what's going on or who to trust. But after a while of all this magic shit happening around you you got to at least get used to it or be able to uh, accept it because he's just like not, you know, it's just kind of being dumb throughout the whole episode, which is a little frustrating. Well, my 
suspicion, and I actually don't remember what he is feeling from the book, but my suspicion just by watching this is that he's kind of playing it as like, oh, it's probably a grift. Everybody's doing these tricks. You know, we know Mr. Oh, Wednesday yeah. is a grifter, so he wants to know. He doesn't think my, to Mad Sweeney, my God, how are you magically pulling gold coins out of the air? He wants to know how he does that coin trick. Uh, mm. So at this point, he sort of believing his eyes, but also sort of thinking that there's a rational explanation for it. At least that's my take on everything. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think he's also like, he's adrift and he's like, he bumps into all these people who are like, uh, after his attention and acting insane. So I think he is, there's an aspect of him being like, well, I'm going to play this out and see what happens. Well, I mean, it's just one of those things where like the first time you guys saw magic, right. You were like, Oh, magic is real. I want to be a wizard, you know, like that's the fact that that doesn't happen to here just is weird for me. How'd that pan out, by the way, Pete? Did you ever end up being a wizard? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. A lot of people threw me out of uh, different colleges and different, uh, you know, like higher learning establishments saying I was crazy. No, oh, you should try going to Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tried that. It's just a Disneyland ride, it turns out. <laughs> no, no, if you're truly ready to be a magician, they will uh, pluck you out of the crowd and take you to the real Hogwarts. Oh, okay, well, yeah. I guess I got to recommit then. Yeah, if you uh, if you ever see a white van, pull up and say, hey, kid, come to this uh, magic school. Just get in because it's definitely Hogwarts. You sure about that? Um, you think someone's going to pull up to Pete and say, hey, kid? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey, beardy kid. <laughs> get in here. Probably one of the magical leprechauns I've heard about. Get in this van. Yeah, let's do this. Um, I have a question for you guys. If uh, somebody wanted to sign a contract for a job with you with three shots of honey mead, would you do it? No. I do that shit all the time, man. Especially <laughs> if they spit on their hand first. That's super weird. Uh, I've had that I, I feel like we've, I feel like we've committed to work over drinks. <laughs> That's true. We have done that before. Uh, it didn't, yeah. It turned out very similarly to how it turns out for Shadow, uh, which is that he ends up uh, drunk, asleep in a car, and headed towards his wife's funeral, where, to Pete's point, we find out a little more info about how Laura Moon died. Uh, not great yeah. info. Uh, specifically that for years, she was cheating on Shadow with Audrey, who was her best friend's husband. Also, oh. the guy who was going to give Shadow well, a job. Robert. What he got? What? It was, Audrey was the woman, but... She was cheating with the, the right. guy. Yes, I said that really badly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Robert and Laura both die in a car crash, to use Audrey's words, uh, with his cock in her mouth. And mm -hmm. he, she bit it off while they died, which is an information that we need to know. Audrey claims, I think, that she took... Uh, his cock and stuck it up her butt. I, I up think. his butt, yeah. Uh, up his yeah. butt. Okay. He, got, he got he got buried with the cock up his ass. I mean, it's a way to go, you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one thing cheese. that I will say about this sequence, and then later on, Audrey propositions in the yeah. most saddest, most awful way possible. Shadow in the uh, cemetery. Um, you don't really feel for Audrey when you're reading the book. I felt for Audrey here. Oh, Everything yeah. that's happening is so bad, and I feel so horrible for her and so much pity. And I, I just I hated but also loved the way that they play those scenes. That, 
that that actress is phenomenal. I mean, the range of emotion she has to have from line to line where she's like angry, but then is sorry, but then just feels complete rage over what happened. Really impressive. All the back and forth. Uh, it was yeah. such an amazing scene. And I thought, uh, so really well done and very truthful and honest. Uh, yeah, it was very powerful and very enjoyable. Uh, that is a high risk uh, blowjob. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, if you're get, getting head in a car, that is oh, high risk. Okay. Oh, that I thought you were talking about the one in the cemetery. That also, but that carries high emotional risks. Yeah, but I mean both are very dangerous. One won't kill you, uh, like a car accident will. But um, yeah, it's the other uh, will tax your soul. It's like that uh, two doors thing where one of them tells the truth and always the one always lies, except uh, one always kills you and the other destroys you emotionally, you know? Wow. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. But, oh, damn. Those two dwarfs. <laughs> doors, the two doors thing. There's two guards standing at two doors, and uh, one door leads to the castle. What the fuck the are other you talking leads about? To certain death. And the question, except one of the guards lies and one always tells the truth. So how do you find out how to get to the castle? What cartoon was this from? Uh, it wasn't a cartoon. It's, it's a logic problem that also was used in the hit movie Labyrinth. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Nice, dude. Yeah, she chooses poorly there. Yeah. In Labyrinth, I mean. Yeah. Um, so Shadow is propositioned, and then soon after that, he meets the technical boy. Again, we don't, I don't think, get a technical boy's name, but that sequence was bananas, and I loved it. Uh, what did you yeah, guys it was, think? It was cool. I what what part did you love? I thought it was really fucked up. So, I mean, one thing we should mention, just it's different from it, how it is in the book. The book was written, what, 20 years ago? Maybe a little longer? Yeah. So like a lot of that stuff didn't necessarily exist, and it's really the technical boy is just a big fat man sitting in a limo. That's essentially who he is. Uh, but I loved the modern updating of it that really the virtual reality mechanism that's on shadow's face, uh, the fact that they're all computer generated inside of that limo and the way that that was put together. And also yeah. the technical boy is totally a Silicon Valley douche instead of a big fat man who controls technology. Yeah. how do you feel about it, Justin? I loved it. Good update. Um, I mean the original, uh, the original was probably like a graphing calculator, so it's mm-hmm. nice to know they updated the tech right. for the show. Yeah, Pete, how, what about you? What did you think about that sequence? Oh, it was very kind of like confusing, um, but then once he kind of re-ripped that thing off his face, it made more sense. Um, but yeah, then the bloody deaths again were was pretty insane. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. And yeah, was I a- didn't. I didn't get that he was a god of technology. I just thought he was a fucking weird, tripped-out dude who was trying to get answers. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that you're... There might be a spoiler, because I don't know you're necessarily supposed to know that yet. But I think it doesn't necessarily spoil anything to know that, right? Am I, am I wrong? Yeah. Okay. No, I think that's fair, because he is, like, pretty godlike. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anything else that you guys want to note from the episode before we move on? Uh, I mean, I, like I said, thought it was great. I mean, we didn't really talk on the about the uh, uh, the Bilquist scene. Oh yeah, let's yeah. talk about the Bilquist scene. 
Yeah, I was hoping we were talk going about to it. Worship the Bill Quist scene. Let it know how you worship. I don't want to get into any more of the language. Uh, what did you guys think about that, Pete? Did you like uh, it? Did you like was, watching a man get sucked into a vagina like a reverse baby? I felt bad for Mr. Murray. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was tough, but he was into it, so you know he loved it all the way up into his death. So uh, you know it's hard to feel for him, I guess. I mean, we've uh, all been there, guys. It's tough, but you got to just figure your way out. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. Is that That's a good point, Justin. It's a good point. <laughs> what do you need to figure out? Just got to figure out how to get out of that, uh, yeah. that Bilquist uterus. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I also didn't think necessarily he died in that scene. I think the idea is that he's being unborn. I know probably the result is the what? same. Well, it's like it was. It was weird, the, weird distinction to make, man. Yeah, exactly, dude. I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, he's not. He, he's going back to the place where he started. Oh man, cool. Yeah, cool, cool. cool. I uh, thought she just sucking the life out of him. Um, maybe. I mean, maybe she's some sort of vampire, vampiric thing. I liked it. I thought the way he played it, too, the way his voice switches and everything is, again, straight from the books, but, like, bananas insane to watch. And yeah, it was great. She, the way she played it, it's one of the more interesting sex scenes, I think, that I've ever seen on television or in film, where... Usually it's just like a sex scene in the middle of everything and it stops things dead. But this was sex scene with actual character motivation and that added information. And that was real cool to see. Yeah, it's funny. That's funny that you say that. I feel like so many sex scenes are very voyeuristic where it's just we're watching these characters we know have sex. Mm -hmm. And this felt much more like we were... Uh, like in there, like we were learning about them. We were a part of this and the, their relationship was a little more clear because of the status differences. Yeah. So I, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's move on to our next regular segment. It's a God mail or as we like to call it Gmail. And if you guys have any questions or statements about the show or anything you want to know, uh, you can certainly hit us up on Twitter at comic book live or our email comic book club live at gmail.com. And we'll answer them right here on the show. So let's get into a couple of them. Um, Enrique asks on Twitter, should I read the book first or will it be better to go in without reading it? Oh, that's a good question. Good question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, we have Pete and Justin, you have very different experiences here. So what's your take on it? Well, cause that's the thing I thought of when we were going to, um, watch the show. I thought about, uh, reading ahead, but I didn't because I wanted to just experience the TV show for the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, just because normally I've read the source material when it comes to comics, so I wanted to kind of have the noob experience for this. Gotcha. Justin, what do you think? What's your take? I think don't read it. Just uh, just watch the show. Hmm. Um, or, I mean... I would uh, make a, I would make a comparison to um, uh, Game of Thrones for me. Oh, Jesus Christ. I uh, watched the first season of Game of Thrones, then I read all the books in between season one and two. Um, hey, and I did that the same thing. Like, what's that? I did the same thing. Ah. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think I cared about what Justin was saying, and Justin cared about what I was saying, so that's not nobody. All right, well, exactly. two people. 
Uh, so go <laughs> on with your great story, Justin, please. Uh, so I think I would hold off for as long as you can and then read the book. Mm. Yeah, now, I think it's – I actually – I don't know. I feel a little bit differently about this. I agree with you about Game of Thrones. Like, it was nice watching the first season clean because I didn't know what was going to happen and I managed to avoid the big episode nine spoiler there. Um, Thank God you did that. Yeah, but then reading all the books and then watching the series, it sometimes took me out of it a little bit, knowing what was going to happen next. Here, I think, is different, though. I think because particularly at least for this first episode, it is otherwise so confusing what's going on. And I've heard from a bunch of other people who have seen the episode that non-book readers are like, this looks great. I don't know what's happening. While book readers, we can follow the plot and we know what's coming next. Um, So I don't know. I I think you could probably go either way on it, I guess, is the answer over the course of the three of us. I feel like, though... When uh, a show like this is so close to the source material, it's almost better not to read it because uh, it's not as enjoyable to watch something that you've already read and you know everything that's going to happen. Whereas if this was like a Walking Dead scenario where they're close to the source material, but definitely going off and exploring things a little differently in some spots, that it is a little bit more enjoyable that way. I do think they will go off the book more as the season goes on. Okay. Yeah, I think they have to. I mean, this first season is adapting just the first third of the book, and it feels like there's a lot of information in those other two thirds. You've got to get out there quicker than 10 episodes. Otherwise, it's not going to work. You know? Yeah. Um, all right. Next question. Uh, this is from Ben. Will these new American gods be able to repeal Obamacare? <laughs> Great question, Ben. I don't know that I quite get that question, but uh, what do you guys think? <laughs> I, I don't. Um, yeah, I mean, so far they haven't addressed uh, they haven't addressed it in the show, uh-huh. uh, and it'd be weird if they did. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. So, yeah, I don't. I don't think that would be an enjoyable uh, plot twist to to go down. A little I don't too think, close to home. I feel. I don't think anyone can defeat the god of healthcare. <laughs> the great Obama. Cool. Uh, this is more of a, uh, a statement, if anything. Uh, this is our last one for today uh, from Brooklyn Brimstone on Twitter. Why? I want to watch the show so bad, but I live in Canada and I don't think there's a channel to watch it over here. Tragical. Sad face, cry face, and then a gif of uh, Tobias Funke from Arrested Development sobbing uncontrollably in the shower. So uh, if you want to watch it in Canada, I think there's two options you can probably go for. One, uh, somebody helpfully hit up on our feed. Uh, Chris Schiffman says that Amazon Prime Video has it on May 1st. So I, I don't know if you guys use Amazon Prime Video at all, but usually the episodes go up like midnight or middle of the morning uh, the day after. So you should be able to watch it pretty quickly there. The other option, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but uh, there's the Stars Play app where they actually have the first episode is up right now versus uh, later on it's going to be before it's being broadcast, it's been up on the app. If you want to use the app internationally, legally it's a little fuzzy, but you can set up a VPN program that'll say that your computer is residing in the United States and then you should be able to watch it, but you need... A subscription, ah, excuse me, subscription to stars anyway. So at the very least, you have to pay with that for that. So if you want to be totally legal and on the up and up and everything, 
um, and not set up a complicated VPN arrangement, I would just say Amazon Prime. All right, that is it for your guys' Gmail. We're going to end each episode uh, talking about this. Uh, who was the god of the episode? Who who won this episode? Is that how we want to say it? Or who? Yeah. Who do we worship the most this episode? Who we worshiping? Yeah. Who, uh, who we worshiping? I think uh, that Wednesday for me wins. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, he seems to be the god pulling the strings and running shit. Um, so I feel like he is the one to kind of follow. Cool. Uh, Justin, the one what about you? I'm going to worship the, uh, magic leprechaun. No, oh, nice. Cool. Uh, you want some seemed, gold, huh? I want some gold. I like a little magic trick. He seems pretty rough and tumble. My kind of guy. Yeah. You want to throw down? I want to, I liked that it was a fight about magic without using magic. Uh, it was a little, uh, it was a little, uh, fist magic. A little, yeah. I guess that's a sweet science more than a magic. Than okay. a sweet magic. Than a sweet magic. Uh, I'm going to go with Billquist. I think, oh. I mean, I, I like her. Of course you are. You I, I kind of, no, I worship Billquist. Oh, Billquist. Look at you, Billquist. I, yeah, I don't know. I, that scene was so over the top. Like, I want to go for Mr. Wednesday because I thought he was wonderful, but. That scene was definitely, of all the memorable scenes in the episode, one of the ones that really stood out for just being over-the-top insane. Yeah, that's great. All right, guys, if you like this podcast and the other podcasts that we do, of course, please subscribe and rate us. Uh, also, we you can support us through Patreon, patreon.com slash comic book club. We do a live show, not of this, but just generally about comic books and hanging out and having a good time every Tuesday in New York, totally for free at 8 p.m. You can check out info on our website about that. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about all the amazing guests we have on the show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at ComicBookClubLive.com for all of our podcasts and way more info. Nerdist.com for our regular live show. And always remember, worship us. Worship us. <laughs> Download us. Worship us. <laughs> Respect us. That sounds sad, Give us right? A chance. <laughs> Come on, please. please. 